You're listening to The Kelly Joe Show on Talk Jive Radio, a damn production distributed by the Institute for Native Arts and Media, a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in Norman, Oklahoma. The views and opinions expressed in this segment are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of the INAM organization. Welcome to this crazy show on this crazy day. It's, um, we got a lot going on. Uh, Dr. Crow in the house will be in the crow's nest in the next segment so buckle up for that uh it's always it's always good to talk to dr crow and man damn it if that man doesn't have a political crystal ball Ugh, i get so mad at him for it but nevertheless we're gonna he's gonna talk to me about all the all the uh the celebrations within the Republican Party here in Oklahoma. So uh, and it's a good conversation. But, uh, you know, that's that's the beauty of, of being in the crow's nest is, you know, you can agree or disagree or not. But, uh, hey, we should be able to talk like that amongst ourselves without uh, getting all nuts and wanting to storm the Capitol or shoot anybody. So that's how I feel about it. Uh, so it's like I said, we talked about it a little bit uh, in a previous segment about Trump announcing his candidacy. And it was pretty lackluster from from what it used to be, you know, uh, or I say from how he used to be, from what he expected. Um and I, th- I mean, like people were leaving, like after he announced, it was kind of like anticlimactic. <laughs> Major Garrett, I, I, I just, I love Major Garrett, even though like he used to be this wholly conservative uh, Fox News guy. I just, <laughs> I like him because he reminds me of um, Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. <laughs> he's always so serious, but he says funny things, you know, and occasion occasionally he cracks himself up. So, you know, I like people who can do that, but, uh, but that's kind of was his report was that, uh, eh, people were going to the door. He actually, he actually showed like, that was part of his, his segment was showing people, like go into the door while while Trump was still talking. So we'll see. We'll we'll see how it goes, and we'll we'll ask a, we'll ask a conservative white dude what he thinks about it because I I don't know. Uh, so we'll I I have an idea, <laughs> but so let's just hear it straight from the horse's mouth. How about that? So yeah, so stick around. We're gonna have uh Doctor Doctor Crow from the Crow's Nest here on the show so it's going to be a, it's going to be a good time it always is uh so one of the things that i wanted to talk about that happened yesterday was um that the oh damn you mark zuckerberg why does mark zuckerberg hate me um so this was on cnn politics and this is on our social media pages the cherokee nation's demand for a congressional delegate gets a hearing in the house nearly two centuries ago the u.s government promised the cherokee people a seat in congress in exchange for giving up their homelands so far it hasn't delivered but that promise came one step closer to being fulfilled on wednesday after the house rules committee held a historic hearing on the seating 
on seating the Cherokee Nation's delegate, a right that the tribe asserts was granted in the 1835 Treaty of New Ishota. It's time for this body to honor this promise and seat our delegate in the House of Representatives, Cherokee Nation Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. said in his testimony, no barrier, constitutional or otherwise, prevents this. Under the treaty brokered between the U.S. government and a minority group of Cherokee leaders who claim to represent the tribe, the Cherokee were made to give up their ancestral land, relocate west of the Mississippi River through a majority of the Cherokee, though a majority of the Cherokee people opposed the treaty, it was ratified in 1836. Thousands of Cherokee citizens are estimated to have died on the resulting journey known as the Trail of Tears. The Cherokee Nation has, in recent years, called on the House to enforce a provision of the treaty stipulating that it shall be entitled to a delegate in the House of Representatives of the United States whenever Congress shall make a provision for the same. In 2019, the tribe appointed as its delegate Kimberly Teehee, who previously served as a senior policy advisor for the Native American for Native American Affairs during President Barack Obama's administration, and a senior deputy advisor a senior advisor to former Democratic Rep. Dale Kildee of Michigan. During Wednesday's hearings, members of the House panel heard testimony from Hoskin and legal experts on the Cherokee Nation's claim to a delegate, what powers the delegate would have, and how the process of seating that delegate might work. There are outstanding questions. Representative Jim McGovern, cover, chairman of the House Rules Committee, and GOP Rep. Tom Cole, the committee's ranking member, both indicated during the hearing that it was important for the U.S. to honor its obligations to tribal nations. Boy, he better. The history of this country is a history of broken promise after promise and to Native American communities. McGovern, a Massachusetts Democrat. This cannot be another broken promise. The delegate could be seated through a simple resolution in the House or through a federal statute, and McGovern said he wanted to see the issue addressed quickly. Still, he and other lawmakers said there were questions that needed to be resolved. Among them was why it took until 2019 for the Cherokee Nation to demand that a delegate be seated. Ugh. Seriously, y'all. Hoskins replied that the Trail of Tears and other federal government policies decimated the Cherokee people and that only now had the tribe regained its strength as a political nation. We are now in a position where we can, as a practical matter, assert this right, he said, whereas my predecessors in the two centuries before, frankly, we were just trying to hang on to our way of life and rebuild. Lindsey Robertson, a federal an expert in federal Indian law and a professor at the University of Oklahoma College of Law also testified during the hearing that Congress would have to provide a clear evidence of intent to abrogate in order to argue that the treaty was no longer valid. In other words, Hoskins said the treaty still upholds because it has never been repealed. Another concern that was raised was whether a delegate for the Cherokee Nation would amount to double representation given that the tribe's citizens are already represented already represented by House lawmakers from their respective states. Hoskin argued that wouldn't be the case given that other delegates in the House do not have voting privileges. Washington, D.C., America, Samoa, Guam, and Northern Mariana Islands and the U.S. Virgin Islands each have a delegate who serves a two-year term. While those members can vote in committee, introduce legislation, and engage in debate, they can't vote on final legislation. The Cherokee Nation delegate would 
likely serve a similar role, he said, adding that the person intent was intended to represent the interests of the tribal government. The Cherokee Nation's demand for a delegate could potentially open the door to similar claims from other tribes. Lawmakers noted in the hearing that they had received such requests from the Choctaw Nation and the Delaware Nation based on treaties those respective tribes had made with the United States. Of those claims, the Cherokee Nation's is likely the strongest, said Manion Schwartz, an attorney for the Congressional Research Service. The language of the, the, language of the Treaty of the New Ashota is the clearest of the treaties between the United States and various tribes. The other two federally recognized Cherokee tribes, the United Ketawa Band, Katua, sorry, United Katua, sorry, it looks like Ketawa, but it's Katua, United Katua Band of Cherokee Indians and the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians in North Carolina have argued that they are also successors to the new treaty of New Ashota and should and are therefore entitled to a delegate. I would have to mess their that tribe's name up. Especially when, and, and, okay, so I get why the United States doesn't want to honor their treaties. They never have. They've always found loopholes not to uphold their treaties, and the tribes have always fought since, since we have been able to, to enforce our treaty rights wherever they may be. And we've always gotten pushback. We've always gotten, um, the runaround, the the proverbial government red tape, and it's pretty freaking thick. Okay, um, and I'm I'm proud that these these tribes, these now Oklahoma based tribes, are are asserting their rights because they should, as federally recognized tribes, and any tribe that has any kind of treaties. They they need to enforce those treaty rights. They should be enforced. And that's a great point is if Congress never repealed it, Congress has to be the ones to say no, not the states, not the state of Oklahoma or any of the other states that don't like their Indians. Um, it's not up to them. The federal government is 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 the one. And so I I hope that we do get delegates. We need delegates. We're sovereign tribal nations. And just like Guam, I I think I think that we have a case for it. And I mean the the one of the part of the part of the reason that this article showed is well they don't know what that's going to look like. Well, what do you mean you don't know what it's going to look like? The United States has done this before. It's just that anyone in the United States government, I I think that they, you know, have a have just this instant, uh-oh, it's the Indians kind of thing. And I'm glad Tom Cole finally fucking spoke up for us. Finally, dude. Like uh, I'm I'm glad he's finally speaking up for the Indians. And a lot of people are like, oh, I love Tom Cold. Nah, I don't. I don't. But in this case, I'm glad that he's pushing for this, and he should. But here's the thing, too. He realizes that the Cherokees and the Choctaws, that's a huge part of his voting base. Not only that, he claims to be one of those. So... 
that that's another thing. So he sh- he should, and that's probably where he wants to go as he retires, right? If the if he's, I think is he Chickasaw? I think he might be Chickasaw, but um, you know, serve out serve out here in the Oklahoma, and then go to the tribes and serve there. Probably, I mean, probably get elected too. Like so. But I don't have I don't have a dog in his tribal fight. I only have a dog in the Oklahoma fight, and I do not vote for him. But I'm glad that he did this. That being said, our tribes should have no barriers, as Chief Hoskins said, no barriers to this. They should open it up like, hey, tribes, this is a program where y'all can have a delegate seated in the House for the House Representatives. Here you go. All 573 of you. Here you go. But see, but here's here's the thing, too. If you don't know, you're not wonky. Um, 573 American Indian delegates would outnumber. The entire United States Congress, where with both houses, there's only 535. 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate, 535. 573, that's that's the numbers, folks. That's why they don't want to seat these delegates, because it's going to absolutely open the floodgates. And who do you think Guam would vote with? Who do you think the Virgin Islands would vote with? And these other United States territories. Because I have a good idea. (laughs) So that's the real reason to me. In my wonky mind. That's the real reason why they don't want to seat any of these tribal delegates. Because and, and not only that. I mean, let, uh, letting tribes assert their treaty rights and, and actually in having the U.S. government enforce those treaty rights, they probably think the floodgates would open, which they would. It's like, hey, if you're going to start uh, start enforcing your treaty rights here, we, we got some treaty rights over here that uh, that need to be enforced as well. And it's just, yeah, that's, they, they don't, they don't want the Indians at the table like that. If they did, we'd already be there, right? If they did, there wouldn't even be a hearing. They'd be extending, uh, rolling out the red carpet and extending this huge invitation, like I said, to tribal leaders saying, we welcome your input, first people. We think that... Your cultural knowledge of these lands and your traditions, you should have a say. <laughs> I'm like cracking myself up as, as I'm saying this because it's not, it's not happening. I'm glad that, that the conversation has started. And I, I hope, hope, hope that the Cherokees get their delegates seated. I hope the Choctaws and the Delaware Nation and all of these tribes start to get their delegates seated to see what happens. But you watch, it's going to, it's, it's been a hard, a hard row. And that whole thing, well, why didn't you ask before? Well, fucking A, do do y'all not remember when y'all tried to exterminate us? Do you not remember the termination policy implemented by the United States government? That's you. 
Like, seriously? Seriously. That that right there is so incredibly adversarial and disingenuous. Who gives a fuck why it took so long? We're here now and we're asking for it now. And there are no barriers. And we, by treaty rights, have this. We're, we're entitled to it. So where do we sit? Which where, where at this table do we sit? Is it this chair? Are we sitting in between Guam and the Virgin Islands? Because we'll do that. But bring my chair. And in fact, bring everybody else's chair and make a bigger table. But it's just that's that's why they're fighting it. It's it's the numbers. They they'd be completely completely outnumbered and they they don't know how to respond to that there's no rule there's no rules in place to keep the indians down if they're delegates like that because there was there was never any intention to to have indian delegates to begin with and so then it had to be like these arbitrary rules to make sure that, okay, you're a delegate, but you don't really have any say, Indians. Don't forget, you're still our wards. Because they never let us forget that. So it's going to be interesting to see. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Hopefully the creator smiles down on us in that way. But even if the creator smiles down on us, the United States government often has other plans to put the screws to us. And that's just a fact, Jack. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Kelly Joe Show on Talk Jive Radio, a damn in production distributed by the Institute for Native Arts and Media. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of the INAM organization. For more information or to donate, email Native Arts and Media Institute at gmail.com. You can always catch past episodes of all shows wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for your support.